Hello and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I bring you sad news. I talk about films, I talk about music. Today we lost Peter Bogdanovich. Sadly, many of those news reporters can't even pronounce his name. You gotta practice, Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich, oh my goodness. If you think of the filmmakers, that's what it's really about. The filmmakers that you influence, that is your legacy. He influenced Tarantino, Wes Anderson, so many directors. And 50 years ago, last year, he released The Last Picture Show. The Last Picture Show, whoo, that's a that's a roller coaster ride of emotions. And last year we also lost Cloris Leachman, who won an Oscar. For the last picture show. Peter Bogdanovich, the last film he did, I forget what it was called, but I do remember seeing The Cat's Meow. That was a very significant film he had done, and it was about William Randolph Hearst and what had happened on that boat with Marianne Davies, Charlie Chaplin. It was an interesting film. You know, he did Mask with Cher. Uh, That was, in a way, a commercial comeback for him. For me, though, it's all about Paper Moon. Paper Moon because, you know, he originally, Paper Moon was going to be Paul Newman and his daughter. What happened was, it changed, and it was Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill had never done a film before. She did the film... She won the Oscar. It's basically a lead performance for a 10-year-old. And that's a, that's a testament to Peter Bogdanovich as a director. That he made her feel comfortable. Looked out for her while she made that film. In fact, when she won the Academy Award, she thanked very few people. And she says, I want to thank my director, Peter Bogdanovich. That's the first thing I thought of. I thought of very, you know, you always first and foremost thank the director because without the director, you don't have that performance, that that support, that guide, showmanship. Peter Bogdanovich himself had studied acting. Those are always the good directors is the ones that studied acting because they know First and foremost, what the actor is thinking. He did What's Up Doc with Barbara Streisand. A Peter Bogdanovich film, it was usually in black and white. It had his stamp on it. Um, in fact, when Last Picture Show came out, it was compared to when Orson Welles put out Citizen Kane. That's that's a heavy that's a heavy Uh, title right there. That's a heavy thing to bear as a director. Oh God, you're going to compare me to Wells and Citizen. That's, that's, that's a gigantic burden. Uh, And so I wanted to just pay tribute to Peter Bogdanovich. We're not going to play any clips. Just talk freeform about those films. You know, that's what it's all about. And that's what I like talking about on the podcast is how these films made us feel 
how last last picture last picture show there is a lot of rock first of all it's a town that is on it's about to disappear the town is beyond bankruptcy it is one of those fleeting towns you know he always did these films which were set in very peril very uh, conflicted times Paper Moon was set in the depression and of course you have Tatum O'Neill and uh, Ryan O'Neill playing con artists <laughs> trying to con their way through the great depression but um, and also Peter Bogdanovich was a really great um, archivist when it came to doing these interviews with the men who worked with John Ford and capturing that essence of Hollywood history which I don't think a lot of young directors thought to do oh these are my forefathers of directing I want to learn from them Peter Bogdanovich did a really great documentary on Buster Keaton and I've talked about it on this podcast numerous times the fact and I think he met Uh, Buster Keaton but the fact that he was able to go back have all these people of today and yesteryear talk about Buster Keaton's influence as a director, as a filmmaker and that's my hope is that the directors of today learn from the directors of the past because I think sometimes we take filmmaking for for granted. I know we do because if you look at the screen, <laughs> there are very few good films. I was talking about this today, how television really is cinematic. More, much more cinematic than film itself. That's a problem. I, I, I mean, in the 50s, television was where a film star went to die. But then that changed when Lucille Ball, who was a B-list actress, a funny one at that, scored a hit with I Love Lucy. A lot of people went to television. Donna Reed went to television. Betty Davis went to television. Uh, Fred McMurray, you know, My Three Sons, went to television. But here we are, and the cinematic aspect of television really came into the forefront with the Sopranos I'm going to get back to Peter Bogdanovich there's a point to this, there's always a point to the madness at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast and my eccentricities uh, so many people talk about shit happens when you party naked I, I, I wear that as a badge of honor when Jason was like you're very eccentric I say yeah I am I, I am very um, I'm not Michael Jackson eccentric thank god and if you like Michael, I don't care. I don't. Um, but back to... So, film... Film hasn't really been that cinematic in a long time. But you have shows like The Sopranos, Six Feet Under. Uh, and then I'm, I'm currently watching Succession. That is so cinematic. And at the same time, it's taking the piss out of everything. It is... When it's, when it's done by Adam McKay, come on. There is 
set satire aspect to succession. But at the same time, it's filmed in such a cinematic way. From the intro to the music to the broodiness of, of these characters. You only see that in film. These are hour-long episodes that are basically a movie chopped up. It's like an eight-hour movie. It's an epic. And Peter Bogdanovich, he learned from those past directors like Joseph von Sternberg. He talked about that once, you know, how these directors basically gave birth to Hollywood. And the cinematic aspect, you know, you look at Last Picture Show and it's shot in black and white. Same with Paper Moon. It's shot in black and white. That is very cinematic because at the time, you know, films were all shot in color. Not that it loses its cinematic aspect when it's in color. But Bogdanovich, he he realized his power as a director was to take these characters, these situations, and they're even more gritty in black and white. Because it strips away the veneer of the human emotion. Okay? If it's in color, alright, it's not believable. But when it's in black and white, it's in your face. And McDonovich learned that from the directors that he grew up watching. Like Joseph von Sternberg, John Ford, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Nida Seymour, Billy Wilder. And I, and I always loved the uh, podcast that... Bogdanovich did with uh, Ben Manko- Ben Mankowitz of uh, TCM. I love that we can do that. You know, as a podcaster, yeah, this is this is a, an interesting medium. I mean, like I said, it's it's been tackled in film, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's been tackled in Dexter: New Blood, where there's a podcaster, and I don't think po- people take podcasters seriously. But we're really here to just dive in. I'm not doing a true crime podcast. If you like that, that's great. I don't do that. I talk about film. I talk about music. I talk about art and history. And it's beautiful to be able to access. That's the first thing I'm going to do tonight. Is I'm going to listen to those podcasts at length. With the late, and it's hard to say that now, the late Peter Bogdanovich. You know, we lost Betty White. So many luminaries. And when I saw that Peter Bogdanovich had died, I thought, whoa. Whoa. He was such a force. And then at the same time, you know, of course, he didn't, sadly, said some not nice things about Cher. Directing her a mask. You know, she liked mask. To this day, she said that mask really, in terms of her performance, you know, she wasn't nominated for mask. A lot of people felt she should have been nominated. And she wasn't. 
That's a test, you know, whether Bogdanovich likes it or not, that's a testament to his directing that he was able to pull a performance like that out of Cher. And at the same time, I'm going to take Cher's side because you don't knock your actor. Whether an actor is difficult or not, the icing on the cake is the performance that you get out of them. Okay? So they did collaborate in a very good way. She gave a performance that was so good and then she didn't get nominated and people were stunned, including Cher, where she wore that dress, remember? And she's like, as you can tell, I received my Academy booklet on how to dress like a serious actress. Yeah, I can't really (laughs) share. And and that's quite the opposite of, you know, Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill's experience working with Peter Bogdanovich, I think also is because that was her first film. You know? So, I bid farewell adieu to Peter Bogdanovich. I love his films. I always sit and watch them when they're on, whether it's The Last Picture Show or one of my personal favorites that he did, which is Paper Moon with Tatum O'Neill. I, Tatum O'Neill's performance, you know what's interesting about that is? And it's almost Oscar season. That's a lead performance. But the Academy is so out of their minds. They're like, we're not going to give it to a kid when they should have. That really would have raised the roof at that Oscars. Had they given that lead actor Oscar to actress to Tatum O'Neill because that's really a lead performance that's also a testament to Peter Bogdanovich and then Mask I love that film Mask it is such a powerful film you got Eric Stoltz as um, Rusty Dennis you know you've got uh, oh god uh, what's his name (laughs) oh god he is so good in Tombstone Right now, his name escapes me. Uh, I'm out walking and I'm recording. And that's that's the stuff that happens. If I ask Siri right now on the watch, let's ask, let's ask Siri. Hey, Siri, who was in the film Tombstone? And then what will Siri say? Okay. Because he was in Tombstone. He, he received an Oscar nomination... For A Star Is Born, you know who I'm talking about. Right now, I can't seem to conjure him. I can't seem to recognize the song. Okay. So, like, if I say, Hey, Siri, what actors were in the film Mask? You know, let's see what it says. See, it's, it's, it's thinking right now. It's like, well, I'm connected to your phone. Oh. Uh, oh, God. Look at you got, you got... Oh, jeez. We got someone to pick from. Okay, so then if we say, Hey Siri, what actors were in A Star is Born? This is, this is technology meets podcast. Okay. Sorry, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know. Um, hey Siri, what actors were in the film Tombstone? See, we're, we're having a moment on Dr. Zeus. Film podcast. Ah, open page. I I don't want it. You know, I don't want to take him because he has a good performance in Mask, and I want to get this right. Right now, my brain is like, where is the name? Where is the name? Tip of the tongue. 
Um, oh, here we go. Oh, it's on the phone. It's on the watch. Sam Elliott. There we go. I knew it was an S name. Sam Elliott gives such a great performance in Mask. Okay. And and him and Cher and Eric Stoltz. And then Laura Dern is in Mask. A lot of people don't remember that. She plays a blind character uh, who falls in love with uh, Rusty Dick. Rusty Dennis, played by Eric Stoltz. But at the heart of that film is Cher. As the mother, you know, or Rusty. Oh, no, she's Rusty. The, uh, Eric Stoltz is Rocky. See where my brain is right now? But, um, I, you, you know, I like filmmakers. I'm a filmmaker myself. I'm an artist. And... Even comedians. It's sad when comedians die. And for me, it's sad when a director of Peter Bogdanovich's character dies. What a, what a long career. And I take my, my hats off right now. I take my hat off to Peter Bogdanovich. You know, only, only a few directors of that time could do a film in black and white in the 1970s. And Mel Brooks did it with Young Frankenstein. Uh, Scorsese did it in 1980 with, uh, oh geez, Rock, uh, I almost said Rocky, <laughs> Rocky's in color, um, mm, Raging Bull, Raging Bull, see sometimes when I'm walking it's like okay, people have often said to me, you know you really should write it down when you're going to do the podcast, here's the thing, those are usually people who don't do a podcast. So they don't understand that sometimes you just have to ad lib it. Things cannot be planned out. It's like, I'm all for those of you who like to edit things out. I don't. Life is not edited out. Oh, I sneeze. Let me edit it out. Oh, I had a bad day today. Let me edit. You cannot edit life out. And so podcasting-wise, I keep it in. I keep it in, all the warts and everything. And background to Peter Bogdanovich, he kept it all in. All the warts, all the fragments of, you know, whether it's those hijinks, stunts, and what's up, Doc? Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand. And then Madeline Kahn. I love Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn was actually nominated for Paper Moon alongside Tatum O'Neill. Who won? Tatum O'Neill. Uh, in fact, I'll end this talking about... I loved Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman was around for a long time. She was in everything. If you turned on the TV or went through the IMBD, Cloris Leachman is in it. Everything. She's in films with Meryl Streep. She's in films with the Olsen twins. Remember them? <laughs> She's in Young Frankenstein. Mary Tyler Moore. Cloris Leachman won an Academy Award for her performance in The Last Picture Show, along with Ben Johnson. Supporting. And there's a scene toward the end of the film that's really what won her the Oscar. And she talked about at length how she said to Peter, I could do it again. And he's like, no, no, 
because there's a rawness to it. And she often has said in interviews toward the end of her life, I could do it again. But Peter even said, no, that's what won you the Oscar. There's an authenticity to that because it's so raw. It's so intimate. And her, her character says, why should I be apologizing to you? And she throws the coffee. Woo! I, I love Cloris Leachman. Come on. Oh, my goodness. And then she was a great comedian. Uh, for me, though, you know, Peter really, he got a lot out of his actors. I loved how Tatum O'Neill in Paper Moon, she keeps, she, you know, she's not entirely acting. And obviously she's got issues with her father and it's almost like he really did owe her $200 because that's <laughs> from the beginning of the film to the end of the film she always it's, it's like she's got a calculator in her head you owe me $200 but I don't have your $200 if you don't give it to me I'm going to tell a policeman it's my money I don't have it then get it Woo. And that's a testament to Peter Bogdanovich letting his actors do that. A great director sets the bar for his actors. Says, look, I want you to just do this. Just do it from the gut. And he allows 10-year-old Tatum O'Neill to just do that. Her character's smoking in the film. And unfortunately probably was in real life. And Ryan O'Neill's character, Moe's, is like, you're too young to smoke. You're going to set this whole place on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, whether it was him talking about film archives, filmmakers that inspired him, like Orson Welles, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, John Ford, Joseph von Sternberg... We, we got to give it to Peter Bogdanovich. We really do. And he is from an era of directors. You know, the 1970s, the, the golden age of film was the beginning of film. And then there was a second golden age of film that occurred in the 1970s. Everyone and their chicken was making films. But only the proudest stood above the fray. I mean, you've got I can just name them. you got Peter Bogdanovich, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas. Okay? Um, I was thinking of another one. <laughs> oh, shoot. And I, he's at the top of my head right now, too. The guy who directed Carrie. Um, <laughs> oh no <laughs> let me ask Siri again hey Siri who directed the film Carrie <laughs> here's an answer from Wikipedia Brian De Palma thank you Brian De Palma these directors set a standard in the 1970s to which the 1970s is truly the second golden age of film oh and Sidney Lumet I'm sorry Dog Day Afternoon. Attica! Attica! Yeah. Al Pacino, come on. Come on. Murder on the Orient Express. These directors are the Mount Rushmores 
of directing. And without that, without them, you don't have the second golden age of film. And the second golden age of film was gritty because the studio system had died. So you were able to make these films with nudity, language, violence, situations. Last picture show, you've got nudity. You've got sexual situations. You've got violence. You've got language. You've got dialogue. And Peter Bogdanovich was great at that. To get his actors feeling, uh, you know, they're comfortable and then they got to be uncomfortable. And you have to support them in that situation. To let them know, okay, I'm going to let you go off the rails for a bit. Ooh. And I would be remiss if I don't put another director in that Mount Rushmore. William Friedkin. Come on. French Connection. That car chase. The Exorcist. Yeah. So whether they were all collaborating together. And some of them were. Scorsese was inspired by De Palma. Uh, George Lucas did American Graffiti. Who produced it? Francis Ford Coppola. So, the and Owen, see, I keep forgetting. See what happens when you go walking and you're doing a podcast? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. If I don't mention Stanley Kubrick, people are going to throw tomatoes at me. Those are the pinnacles, the pillars of directing of that golden age of film. And so Peter Bogdanovich, we got to, you know, I have to salute him. Because I love those films that he made. As a director, as a filmmaker, as a producer, as a writer. I really, you know, I never really got into What's Up Doc. I like Barbara Streisand. I'm not a big fan of Ryan O'Neill. And I think that's because, you know, we, we know what we know about him and how, you know. But the, the chemistry between him and his own daughter in Paper Moon... That's a testament to Peter Bogdanovich. That's a good director. A good director is like, okay, these two obviously don't really get along. It is a fractured relationship. Let's unfracture it for the camera. <laughs> Whether it's Civil Shepherd and, uh, you know, The Last Picture Show with Jeff Bridges. Oh, that, <laughs> you think of all these actors that made their start. In the last picture show. That really, you know, and in fact, I think that was Jeff Bridges' first Oscar nomination. You know? Um, And so, I, like I said, rest in peace, Peter Bogdanovich. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast on location, outside. (laughs) Adding a little bit of nostalgia to a, a weird day. But talking about... One of the greats, Peter Bogdanovich, Unpleasant Dreams.